Hello, Gina, Megan, and John. May and Dave here from North Florida. Long-time listeners, first-time callers. First off, your podcast truly makes the hump of our work worth living for, and we're always sad when you guys take a week off, so please stop doing that. For our question, lately, some of our horror movie choices have been low-rated by critics, by civilians, but we rather enjoyed them, like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Malevolent, which we saw last night. It was great. Not sure why they were low-rated, but we found them enjoyable. What are some of your low-rated movies that you've been pleasantly surprised that you enjoyed? Thank you for being awesome, and can't wait to hear you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks so much for finally calling in, and we always appreciate our longtime listeners. I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone that I like lots of movies that are low, <laughs> that have low ratings and everything else. You're going to hear about a couple of them later today. Uh, I was curious about this, though, because I, I very rarely pay attention to ratings for movies. I really don't have any concept what the tomato meter is on any of that. I've It just it doesn't have any impact on my enjoyment, I've found. It's just... You know, there's certain reviews that I might be like, okay, like I trust that. And I know it sounds cheesy or whatever, but like I really like Megan's reviews. Oh, thank you. Because Megan's reviews don't feel personal. Like no. you're not trying to like force an opinion with it as much as. I like, want you to make what... your own decision. I don't want. Yeah, like what you saw. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is my analysis. This is what I think they're doing. And this is how well I think that they've lived up to what they're trying to achieve but if i don't if i don't like something that doesn't mean that you're not gonna you know right, like you right there are different yeah. opinions and that's totally fine yeah thank and, you and, yeah and very rarely are there if i even consider that there were spoilers unless it was called out like something like by the way man <laughs> i try like that, but... so hard to avoid anything spoiler wise which people like me appreciate who try desperately hard not to have things spoiled for them. Yeah. Uh, so most of the time I don't have any idea. And it's a perfect example that I talked about the order a few weeks ago. <laughs> and I went and I saw, that's got an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so clearly I'm not entirely sure. The other one that I have this odd fondness for is fear.com. It oh, is horribly yeah. rated. Yeah. I, to I totally get it. It is such a byproduct of a very specific year. Mm -hmm. And, like, going for, like, a seven or rings-type atmospheric feel, but the editing's weird. I love the concept. There's some scenes that I really like, and I'm like, I'm like I don't think I like this, but, God, I'll just watch it again. <laughs> it's so strange. There's something about it that just draws me to it that I'm sure I'm one of very few people who really like it. Uh, but you, uh, Zena, how about you? Whoa, me! Zena's Hi. back! <laughs> I'm back. Okay. Um, I feel like similar to John, whenever there's a movie that I absolutely love, I just know that there's going to be people, majority of people are going to hate it. And I just, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I have a couple. I have uh, many, many on my list. But I'll just give you my favorites that came to mind. First one, um, Dead Mary from 2007. This one has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And I just love this movie. I thought it was creepy. Still to this day, I'll go back and I'll watch it. Like, basically, there was a witch that died in a lake and she's just possessing people and, like, making people tell all these things. And then for some reason, even when they're dead, they're still, like, animated. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm. It's just, it's craziness. I, I love it. It's just, it's beautiful. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she's back. 
I do feel bad. I should have given it to you, thrown it to you right away, but I got all excited. I can answer something without stalling for no, time. No, no, this is this is this is great. <laughs> then um, also, see no evil from two thousand and six. I met oh. more people who did not like that movie, but I love the way it was filmed. I love the concept of it. I mean, in, majority of the time, I, I like slasher, so I knew I was going to like that one. And then Urban Legends Final Cut. I actually preferred <laughs> this one over the first one. Dang. I just think that. Yeah, I like it's, them, but I don't know if I like, like the second one more or not. It's just with Urban Legend, Natalie to me was very annoying, and I didn't feel sorry for her. <laughs> that's Spoiler. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But but the the villain, I I think compensated that yeah. for me. Yeah, but I, I like the whole film school aspect. I thought that was totally really cool, yeah. You know? I understand that. Um, and then uh, Return of the Living Living Dead Part Two. I mean, I like the first one, but I really like the second one. So I mean, I can't. I can't tell you which one I prefer over the other, but I just think that the second one's a good time. Plus, remember when the girl Brenda, um, her boyfriend bites into her head like an apple? Yeah, like... yeah I love... <laughs> what, what did he say? There's something along the lines of like, uh, show me you love me by letting me eat your brain or yeah, something. it just like... smells so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the so Michael there's... Jackson zombie, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, obviously I can go on and on. And then more something more recent, um, the Texas Chainsaw massacre one that just came out this year i had a good time with it i thought it was a lot of fun it was bloody and i don't know i'm i'm hoping and looking forward to the fact that they want to like reboot this and keep going and it's like yeah so that's my list nice how about you megan i i kept it short um you know just because i was thinking about this and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, the 1974 film, was ripped to shreds. Critics hated it when it was released, and now it's a, it's a bona fide classic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that things change. And then the other thing I always think about is that no matter what the consensus is, there's always a percentage of people that adore that movie. So there is no universally hated movie across the board. I mean, like, even a Serbian film has its fans. So every, every movie... That was not a knock on it, by the way. Um, but I'm just saying, like, every single movie is somebody's treasure or trash. It's all subjective. But I did go with some more recent uh, movies, like, just strictly on a, like, to- toma- ch- rotten tomato meter. I don't even know how you said Tomato meter? Tomato meter. Tomato meter? Yeah. Some of the more really recent ones that, you know, like, I have been in the minority of the the critical consensus. Um, Spiral from the Book of Saw. I thought that was a really fun... I like Spiral. I know. I I think, Zita, I can't remember if you enjoyed that one either or not. I did like it. You did see? Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. we like it, but, you know, most of the critics did not. Uh, Most of the critics and most people that I've kind of talked to are not as fond of Conjuring 3, which I think it's a fun X-Files type of movie. So, I mean, like, and even as far back a few years of, like, Pet Cemetery the reboot, I totally get why people don't like it, but I I liked it. I liked that it was trying to not be an exact replica and just kind of exist in the same. It's like, we fully acknowledge that these other adaptations exist, and here's our addition. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it's pretty common for at least a handful of times to be in the minority, and that's perfectly fine. Absolutely. Speaking of the minority enjoying something, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hey, did you know Xena's back? <laughs> <laughs> 
never going to live that down. <laughs> you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infant love for the genre. Hey, look, Zena's back. Zena Dixon. The spice. Happy the August. spice flows. No, you I'm guys, get, and I heard that. You guys still have spice, you know? <laughs> no. It's ketchup. It's it's mild. We're mild salsa. <laughs> mild salsa. <laughs> Some people love mild salsa. There's nothing wrong with it. True. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick roundtable for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile, too. So what's been filling your heart this week, Zena? Well, happy August. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. yeah. Already. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I finally checked out the movie Hatching from 2022 on Hulu. A young gymnast who tries to desperately please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg. She hides it and, keep it and keeps it warm. But when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. I've been waiting to see this movie since I first heard about it back in 2018. Um, if you love like coming of age creature feature body type of horror um i think that you'll enjoy this one and a really cool fact about it because it's i'm just going to be very brief about this one just watch it like i enjoyed it um i just watch it because it depends on how you take it in i love the fact that you know with this character with this main character you know she's a lovable little girl she really wants her mother's like approval, you know, she wants to be perfect. Her mother is a social media influencer. And so everything in their house has to be pristine and perfect. I'm not going to lie. That house is very nice. They have great wallpaper and the mom is very <laughs> fashionable. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, and you just kind of see their life, you know, how the mom's always filming and how she wants things to be a certain way. Uh, this is not really a spoiler, but it's just kind of like, wow. Um, it's terrible. She has a husband. Um, she also has um, the little girl. Well, the little girl doesn't have a husband. That's her dad. But the little girl has um, a brother. And basically, um, <laughs> the father knows that his wife is cheating on him. And he's just, like, just there. It's like he kind of accepts it. And it's just something that's unspoken. And it's like he doesn't really have the strength. Um, that's a nice way to say it to mm. tell her you know so he's kind of like um not so strong you know so it's just really uh it's cool it didn't go in the direction uh that i thought and i just love kind of like the layering and the backstory um and mm. something i thought was really cool about it is that the director um she actually brought on like some tech teams from star wars and the dark knight to kind of bring the creature kind of alive which i wow. thought was pretty cool yeah there's a guy named Gustav Hogan, um, like he worked, uh, he works for the practical creatures effects teams for Lucasfilms, like Star Wars, um, Rise of the Skywalker, and like a whole bunch of other films and stuff too. But um, and then she had like a SFX uh, makeup head who really like, oh my god, I love the way the creature looks. Um, it's just a great movie. So check it out if you want to see something a uh, little gooey, a little fun, you know, <laughs> you, you you may enjoy it. You may have a good time. And I'll even say this is probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Whoa. Um, yeah. And then uh, the next one I checked out, uh, Mullick, uh from 2022 on Shudder. Uh, Beatrix lives at, at the edge of a peat bog in the north of the Netherlands. When she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night, she sets out to find out why. 
then the more she digs, the more she finds out um, that there might be something ancient that's haunting her family. Um, this is kind of more of a slow burn, but I really do feel like it is worth it. Um, the ending really did surprise me. There's plenty of creepiness to it. It kind of has a tone. I've been trying to get more into like Hammer films, not so much of the storyline, but like the look of it. Cause I remember telling you guys like Hammer films are kind of like a blind spot for me. Um, but visually the way it's always like foggy out and dark and creepy and gray, um, that's kind of like the atmosphere. So, but yeah, I really um, enjoyed this one. And cool thing, uh, the guy who directed uh, The Lift, remember that movie with the killer elevator from the Yeah. 80s? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that was homework for me. Yes, week. it was. Yeah, um, yeah he actually uh, helped out on the film. Hmm. So there you go. That's what I checked out. Lovely. Lovely. Um <laughs> Continuing off of last week's Fantasia movie that I talked about, I watched another Fantasia movie. This one is coming to Shudder really, like, soon. So this one is glorious. Uh, it will hit Shudder August 18th. This is Rebecca McKendry's uh, latest movie, and it stars Ryan Quantin. After, uh, he plays Wes after a breakup. Uh, he heads to, he, he's just spiraling. He's out of control, like drinking at a rest stop. He's like a hot mess after this breakup. And he enters the public rest stop restroom and then gets locked inside with this uh, mysterious figure in the corner stall. And he realizes he's in a situation far more terrible and cosmic than he can imagine. This movie is, uh, it's really funny. It's, it's Lovecraftian. Really dark sense of humor. Glorious, it's like, it's almost a spin on a glory hole because it's uh, J.K. Simmons does the voice of this stall figure that you never even see. You only hear and they're like playing off of each other. And there's like a glory hole in the stall um, that kind of factors into a bit. But uh, I, I, I think that there's some stuff that didn't work for me. But overall... It was really, really funny. Uh, it's really short, and it's so creative how Rebecca McKendry... I mean, it's this cubic, bland-looking public restroom. It's like a box, you know, with a couple of stalls, and it's dingy, and it's gross. But she keeps the momentum going with such creative ways of filming it and framing it and making use of space that you never would have thought. So you throw in that with the sense of humor, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to dig it. You had me... Or had my total fear meter peaked at person in the stall next to me starts talking. Yes, yeah, kind of like stalled, but no comedic tone. Uh, yeah, this one, yeah. this one's got a dark sense of humor okay. um, that I really dug. And then a couple episodes ago, I believe there was a movie I hinted at watching, and John was like, "Is it a four-letter word?" And I didn't want to answer, and I knew he was thinking of Nope, but it was Prey, and I could talk about it. And Yay. I have also, uh, it's still fresh because I did watch it more than once. That's how much I enjoyed this. Um, this one hits Hulu on August fifth. Uh, it is. I, I wouldn't really call it a prequel, but more in conversation um, with the original in a way. It is basically the Predator's first trip to Earth to hunt uh, in the peak of Comanche Nation 300 years ago, set in the Great Plains, 1719. 
Uh, it's got Amber Mid Thunder as uh, Naru. A uh, she's she's a skilled warrior. She wants desperately to be accepted by her tribe as a hunter, and she wants to embark on this rite of passage that the Comanche hunters go through, in which you hunt something that's hunting you. Um, and she's also the first one to kind of notice something's amiss in hunting out there. It is really simple and so supremely well executed. I wish two things. I wish that there was more, there is a blend of VFX and SFX. I wish it was a little less on VFX and really showcased the good SFX better. Um, and the other thing that I'm more mad about is that it's going to streaming and not theaters as well because man i would have loved to see mm. this on the big screen um oh, but what i bad. i will say that hulu at least will be offering a rarity and that it will be available in full comanche subtitled and dubbed on hulu when it hits um but yeah i really really enjoyed this one a lot so i cannot wait for everybody else to check it out so they completely retcon alien versus predator at this point because uh, wasn't the whole thing they were there like they built the pyramids? How how oh so long I guess so I don't know I mean this is supposed to be the first so I mean that I, I does that count as a separate franchise if it's kind of like crossover ish? Maybe or if they're saying the first Predator is it without giving stuff away I suppose it's not because we were talked about it. Do we know that it's the first Predator to come to Earth or could it be the first Predator to come to North America? It doesn't specify. It's just a simple okay. story about, you know, okay. I mean, that's that's what the official plot synopsis keeps referring. I'm not going to shake my hands at the heavens saying, why? Why <laughs> did you get rid of my very precious alien versus predator storyline? I'm more than happy for that to be its own thing. I would treat it that. I don't think it's being that precious about it's really just a self-contained story. So... You know, in your heart, your precious movie can remain canon. Oh, precious. Precious. He says in air quotes because it's a podcast and you can't see my fingers. <laughs> oh, that sounded weirder than I thought it was going to sound. Speaking of things that are weirder than I thought they were going to be, I watched 1988's Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers on Tubi. <laughs> yeah, it's weirder than it sounds. A detective embarks on a mission to track down a woman in L.A.'s seedy nightclubs, only to come face to face with a bloodthirsty cult of lethally beautiful prostitutes. Is he the next victim of Hollywood's demented chainsaw hookers? Well, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> so this one is interesting for lots of reasons. Um, I would say first because it's... A strange twist on Detective Noir. Like, the lead character is the Sam Spade-type detective. Yeah. And they they almost go naked gun with it, but not quite. Like, they they try to make it funny and try to have, like, really more inappropriate comments than funny comments. Um, it's really weird. It's... Exactly what you think. The uh, the main bad guy is actually played by Gunnar Hansen. Oh, the wow. Orig the original yeah, he's phase. insane. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it, it was written and directed. I think it was written by him. And it was directed by the, the guy. I, I wasn't familiar with his name before, but it's Fred Olin Ray, mm -hmm. 
who has evidently been in Hollywood forever. He's yeah. been involved in something like 200 films. He has this really weird tr- teaser at the fr- at the open that says that all the chainsaws used in this are real. <laughs> so, like, don't do this stuff at home. There, my conscience is free, signed him. Like, and, and I was like, that's a weird way to start this. And then it's just this weird, campy ridiculousness kind of excuse to show boobs kind of the way movies in the 80s and 90s were like all right well how can we figure out a way to show boobs (laughs) and they're just like how about this strange like 10 minute scene of a naked woman dancing with a chainsaw to the point where even i was like can we we're like close to the end of the movie i thank you i appreciate your attempt and (laughs) But what, what, show me what's going to happen. <laughs> and it was, it's so weird. Like I had to watch it just because of the name of it. And because of that, I got lost on a rabbit hole of movies that I'm going to be sharing with everyone for well, the next Wait, since you watched that one, you have to watch his movie Evil Tunes. That one's oh. just as chaotic. Uh, speaking, spe- of, <laughs> speaking of 1992's <laughs> Evil Tunes, also on Tubi. <laughs> Bert has a cleaning company and hires four women to clean an isolated house. They find an old book, a dagger, and a soul shroud. And when one of them it. reads an incantation, she unleashes an evil beast in our world. Zena just peaced out. She, <laughs> she died. You killed her when she disappeared check. into her clothes. I did not check the thing. I was so late. I just typed it in and I just went. Oh, my God. Okay. Well... <laughs> We know she endorsed it before you even said it. Oh, yeah. it's fine. Honestly, I didn't have that much more to say about Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. So that's that's just a that's helpful a good segue. That's a great <laughs> segue. You, okay, okay. It's an, which another movie that starts with the director with this weird disclaimer at the front of it, like all things seen hap- really happen. Blah blah blah. Like, well, okay, calm down now. And it starts with David Carradine. So you know you're in for a ride. You're like, this is going to be a weird movie. (laughs) And it is. Mostly because it's called Evil Tunes. Plural. There's one. (laughs) There's one tune. And I'm not sure why there's one tune. I, The only thing that I can possibly think of, because I looked it up, and they, it, this came out the same year as Cool World, starring Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger, which mm-hmm. and, and uh, Gabriel Byrne, which is basically humans interacting with cartoons for the a huge chunk of the movie. The only thing I can think of is that this is an example in Hollywood of some idea got floated out there, and someone else is like, "Okay, I'm going to do that too, but I'm going to do it really, really fast. <laughs> and I'm going to put it out before yours because this got released, I think, like two or three months." before cool world did and it's so if hollywood chainsaw hookers was an excuse to show boobs evil tunes was like i i think the only point of evil tunes was boobs (laughs) and then they're like well we have to legitimize this somehow as a horror movie there's So this is one of those moments where, like, teenage John doesn't want, like, the the reality of life to 
be ruined like wants to think evil tunes is a true depiction of how women act <laughs> oh no 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 there's a point and these women are hired these very beautiful supermodel or stripper like i i don't know who their backgrounds are they're very very attractive women all work for a cleaning company to clean how like abandoned houses and at one point one of them's like hey you want to see what I did to attract the star of the football team? And just starts doing a strip tease in front of the other girls. And they're like, yeah, that was cool. Like, uh, all right. Like, I guess that's a thing that women do when guys aren't around. Yeah, right? we totally do that. Awesome. Thanks, Zena. I'm going <laughs> to so, edit out any other negative responses towards that. Have you seen the Slumber Party Massacre remake yet, John? I haven't seen the new one, no. Because that, Cause... you know how Slumber Party Massacre <laughs> in your head is what you think girls do? I'm going to pretend that the Slumber Party Massacre remake is what boys do. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ma- oh, crap, no, I have to see it. <laughs> and now, and I'm not sure how to take it. So that's just going to be a surprise for it me. It will totally I'll to, be. I'll have to track it down. Was it VOD? I think it is now. I think, I think so it, now. It was on like Sci-Fi, but I think you, you can rent it. That's what it was. It got released on Sci-Fi, and there was the big like launch, yeah, like, uh, watch party and everything. I couldn't remember what that was on. I'll have to check that out. Uh, but yeah, Evil Tunes. There's like one cartoon that comes to life because they're like, "Hey, here's an old book. Hey, we should go get Melanie. She speaks languages." <laughs> And she can. She can speak the language in this book, except she can't read the warning on the trunk, but she can read the book. And then an alien, or not an alien, a cartoon just kind of gets animated and then possesses her, and then the cartoon's kind of gone. <laughs> it's oh. like, I, like, okay, I don't... I don't know. It was so weird. I, I, I'm so infinitely entertained by movies like this where I'm just like, Someone was having a good time, right? <laughs> like, like, this is just like a joke. Like, it's a laugh at this point. Like, making some of these movies. They're like, we're just making money. Like, and it's so strange. And I've got a list. I started watching another. I don't, because I don't want to do spoilers. But I've got, like, three on the list that I think are all very similar to these these last two. Oh, boy. I can't wait to watch. It's so weird. So maybe the evil <laughs> tunes are the friends you made along the way. Gross. Oh man, the the late eighties, early nineties. That that directive video is just gold. <laughs> All right, before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I checked out Hatching on Hulu and Mullet on Shutter. I checked out Glorious, which will be on Shutter on August eighteenth, and Prey on Hulu this Friday. And I watched Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers on Tubi and Evil Tunes also on Tubi. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? After breaking Shutter's streaming records last October with BHS 94, there's a new installment of the Bloody Disgusting Produced Horror Anthology franchise on the way. VHS 99. We're going to party like it's 1999. (laughs) Uh, Plot description, you know, is obviously very sparse it's a it's an anthology it's kind of hard to get into that anyways but it's just described as a thirsty teenager's home video leads to a series of horrifying revelations dun 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 uh you can press play on vhs 99 a shutter original this coming october 20th 
uh, in North America, United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand, wherever, you know, those, those shutter territories. Um, the lineup for this one is really, really killer. I, I think this is my opinion. Um, and for the first time ever, no returning faces to the franchise. I think a lot of times the, mm. the VHS will have like returning, like Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard. This one's a mm. whole new lineup. Um, and the lineup kind of gives a little bit of teases of what to expect. So there's Johannes Roberts. Uh, he burst onto the scene with storage 24 and then he did 47 meters mm. down and then strangers pray at night. Uh, he also mm. did 47 meters down on caged and most recently resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city, which nice. speaking of our listener question, that is one that I liked that most people did not. Um, <laughs> Most horror fans don't know their names yet, uh, but they will when Shudder releases Deadstream this fall. Oh my god, I love Deadstream so much. So, so much. Mm. That's a That could be an easy contender for me for one of my favorites of the year. Um, oh, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. That's on my list. Yeah, I think you'd like it a lot, too. So that's Vanessa and Joseph Winter. They're coming straight from their uh, South by Southwest hit to the VHS family and deliver one of the most insane segments ever recorded. This is a Brad Miska quote. So I I have no idea, but if he's saying it, I believe him. Uh, Maggie mm-hmm. Levin, she did a, a her directorial debut debut was My Valentine for Hulu oh, and Blumhouse's yeah. Into the Dark. Yeah, and she also was second unit director for Scott Derrickson De- Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone. So. Wow. Yeah, that's an awesome get. And then uh, I do believe we are fans of Patchwork and Tragedy Girls. Tyler Mm -hmm. McIntyre, the director of both of those, he will be uh, helming one of the segments. And the quote there from Brad is, what he caught on tape will have you questioning the saying, just let kids be kids. Dun, dun, dun. Um, last but not least is musician turned director Flying Lotus, who helmed the trippy festival nightmare Kuso, which is also on Shutter. Um, so I expect super gross things, body horror, perhaps. I'm not sure. No idea. This is this is speculation on my part, not insider knowledge. Um, but I really like this lineup a lot. I'm I mean, after I really liked VHS ninety four. I know John did a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm super sure excited did. for VHS ninety nine. And we don't have long to wait. It's like surprise in a couple months we get one. Yay. Did you say that there were gonna be f- so are there four or five segments? Uh it does not list like if any one of them are doing like wraparound versus segments, oh, but there are five point. directors. So okay. that could be four or, you know, they could have just not mentioned the wraparounds. I don't know. That's true. So, but Or someone could be doing an episode. I could be doing both. Or... Yeah. It's it's mm. not. But yeah, five directors are attached and it's a very cool grab. Um, cool. And then uh, if you haven't had enough HP Lovecraft adaptations in your life, guess what? We're getting more. Uh, The Thing on the Doorstep is getting a loose adaptation with an untitled horror movie starring Queen of Lovecraft, Barbara Crampton. Um, you know, reanimator from beyond castle freak. She, she knows Lovecraft principal photography has wrapped on the movie, which also stars Heather Graham and Judah Lewis. Uh, the film is directed by Joe Lynch of mayhem and wrong turn to fame among others. I love Joe Lynch stuff. Uh, Brian Yesna executive produced. So we've got even more old school. Like he was behind reanimator. Um, Crampton is also producing. The script was written by Dennis Powley, the writer of Reanimator and From Beyond. So, you know, we've got some 
caliber here. Both films, of course, were Lovecraft adaptations, and Crampton starred in both. With Paoli, Yuzna, Crampton, and Lynch all involved, it could be a really fun kind of Lovecraftian horror comedy in that vein. Um, the details of the film, it's described as an erotic body-swapping horror in which a psychiatrist, played by Graham, becomes obsessed with the young client with multiple personalities. Bruce Ooh. Davison and Jonathan Schock also star. So, yeah, I really like uh, those 80s like Lovecraftian movies that are very not what you think of for Lovecraft. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And then uh, ensuring that we have a reminder for John to finish some homework from way back when. <laughs> Uh, author Grady Hendrix released his second novel, My Best Friend's Exorcism, back in 2016, which he described as Beaches Meets the Exorcist. It's set in the late 80s during the so-called Satanic Panic. It's a story of a high school friendship and demonic possession. And the movie adaptation is on the way with a date set for Prime Video on September 30th. That's really close. Um, so oh, get there. My kids are going back to school. Oh, so. I'm so sad. Elsie oh. um, <laughs> Fisher will star in the feature film alongside Amaya Miller, Kathy Eng, uh, Rachel Ogechikanu, with, Ta- with Damon Thomas directing. Uh, plot synopsis officially is, the year is 1988. High school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade, but after an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously wrong, Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody, she's irritable, and bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. Abby's investigation leads her to some startling discoveries, and by the time their story reaches its terrifying conclusion, the fate of Abby and Gretchen will be determined by a single question. Is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? Uh, Christopher Landon, who is behind Freaky and Happy Death Day and the upcoming Arachnophobia remake, he's one of the film's producers, and I am super excited for this one. And I'll finish the book. Do it. Do it now. (laughs) I'm like halfway through. I just need to sit down and actually commit. All right, listeners, your turn. Do you think the VHS series should send John a swag bag this time so he doesn't feel bad and left out like he did for VHS 94? Is there a better way to describe a movie than erotic body swapping? Let's hear about it. You can call our Texas at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bdisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier on the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Just real quick, erotic body swapping sounds like something that Tina would say from Bob's Burgers, doesn't it? Like her. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the little like dancing too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I had gosh. a I had a coworker who sounded just like her. He's a man, but yeah, he even had like a Tina tattoo. Like he was obsessed. So oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we have a lot of awesome stuff coming out this month. Like, my gosh, like the lineup is amazing. Um, but before we dive into that, Bloody Disgusting TV now is now available for you and your eyeballs at Bloody Disgusting TV. Well, it's just bloodydisgusting.tv, but it's available for you to check out. And you can also check out Screenbox. So, okay, first. Shudder. Shudder actually has um, a George A. Romero and Stephen King collection. I don't know if you guys saw it on there. They have some awesome stuff on there. So you'll be able to check out um, films like Land of the Dead, Monkey Shines, The Crazy, Season of the Witch, and King's Carry, uh, Misery, Salem's Lot, Firestarter, Firestarter, Rekindled, the series, Cat's Eye, um, Needful Things, and many others. So you can take a look at that. 
So we have first on Monday, the first Allegoria it was available on Shutter and also VOD. A shy actress is tortured. Well, a, a shy actress, <laughs> a painter, a writer, and a psychotic and a psychotic uh, sculptor. Sorry, my mouth is just. Um, and a rock band all come entangled when their insecurities manifest themselves into monsters and ghouls. Um, I started watching this one earlier. This one's really short, though. It's only like 70 minutes. Um, then on Tuesday the 2nd, we have Gone in the Night. It'll be available on VOD. Upon arriving at a cabin, at a remote cabin for a getaway, a woman and her boyfriend discover another couple already staying there. They decide to share the rental for the night, but the boyfriend's disappearance sparks a race for answers. Then on Wednesday, the third, I just have to tell you guys this because I love the Amityville like franchise. It just gets so wonky and out of control. So um, <laughs> Amityville, the evil escapes. That's the one with the ugly lamp. Um, Amityville, a new generation. That's the one with a mirror, like an antique mirror. And then Amityville dollhouse. That's the one with the dollhouse is it'll be available on shutter. So on Wednesday, the third when this episode is out. So just in case if you want to live your best life, feel free to do it with the Amityville houses. <laughs> then we have uh, Thursday, what Josiah saw on Shudder after two decades of a damaged family um, reuniting at a remote farm where they, con they confront a long buried secret, long buried secrets and sins of the past. Again, that'll be available on Shudder on Thursday. On Thursday. Then we have on Friday, A24 Slasher Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's hitting theaters. I feel like I feel like I've been waiting for this movie forever. And I don't know, because we've been waiting for it since I don't know. When did you check it out, Megan? Was it April? It was March at South okay. by. Yeah. Whoa. See, look at that. Finally. All right. Finally. So you could check that out in theaters. A party game leads to murder when a young and wealthy when young and wealthy friends gather at a remote family mansion. Then they slash them will be hitting Peacock. After arriving at a gay conversion camp, a group of LGBTQ plus people must fend for themselves against a mysterious killer. Again, that's hitting Peacock on Friday the 5th. Then we have the tents and the mysterious resurrection uh, hitting VOD. This one stars Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Uh, Margaret's life is in order. She's a capable, disciplined, and, su and successful. Everything is under control, that is, until David returns, carrying with him the horrors of, Ma of Margaret's past. Then we have on Tuesday, we have two movies um, coming to DVD. We have David Cronenberg's science fiction body horror, Crimes of the Future. And then we have Alex Garland's Men. God, that list was long. It is a lot this week. Yeah, I feel like that's about to be every week from August through November. I agree. Oh, and nope. Just in case if you missed it again, which somehow. John has a whole John. lot of homework. The stacking up of homework for you. Kids going back to school. Okay. Woohoo! Get out! <laughs> I got that's... some horror to do. Chillins. Chillins. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyXena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Xena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody disgusting.